We're going to start to sing a hymn, hymn number 559. By faith and play me through Amen. the cleansing of thy blood. Amen. Amen. Grace and virtue, strength and wisdom, all my need by thee supplied. Amen. Amen. Keep it touching, keep it, keep it be ever at thy side. Amen. 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 But in thee, your life is glowing. By thy spirit's burning flame, 
cleansing, um, purging, spirit filling. Glory to thy holy name. Wisdom, all my needs by thee supply. Keep me touching. Yes. Keep me ever at thy side. So this hymn, I'll just share a little bit of what I enjoy of this hymn with you, saints. I hope Brother John can also share just a little something with us related to this. But um, in this hymn, what we see is we see our fellowship with the Lord. He is the one that passed through death. He's the one who died for us. So we touch him through the cleansing of his blood. That means that the Lord has been crucified for us. And now, by faith, we are coming to touch this one who has died for us. In stanza two, we see that we are partaking of his riches. Hallelujah. Now the Lord is not only, he is not only the one who died for us, but he is the one who has resurrected. He is the one who now gives us everything. All he is, he now can give to the church. He can pour it out on the church, just like he did on the day of Pentecost when the Lord poured out the Holy Spirit on his disciples. And saints, we will see tonight that this is really typified by the life that Joseph lived. And then after the Lord resurrected, God ascended him. God, God enthroned Christ as the ascended king of kings. Hallelujah. He is the king of kings. And even in his ascension, we partake and we can have fellowship with him. High eye mount on eagle's wings. Now we are partaking of all that the Lord has done. And then in the fourth stanza, we see the Lord reaching us as grace, virtue, strength, and wisdom. All this today is supplied to us by the Holy Spirit. As we come forward to the Lord and we touch him as the Spirit, we, will, we, we just need to keep touching him. And then what will, what will begin to happen is not only will we receive the Lord's saving through his um, redemption, in an objective way, making us the righteousness of God. Amen. But there will even be a subjective experience of the Lord now beginning to live himself out of us. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes, that's very good. Praise the Lord. We're going to enjoy this hymn again. Uh, as Adrian mentioned, this hymn talk about how we enjoy the Lord by touching him. In verse 1, it's related to the cross, his crucifixion through his incarnation. It's a, um, by faith, we claim the strength. That virtue means strength, the power. By faith, we have the strength. Through the cleansing of his blood, we have the strength to come to him as the source of every good. And in verse two, talking about, uh, in verse one, talking about his crucifixion. In verse two, talk about his resurrection. That is, in in um, in epistles, in epistles, we enjoy him as the Spirit, touching him, receive all these riches, not only on the cross, the strength that we can come to him, 
but here we also receive his riches. Amen. What we need is to open ourselves and to give ourselves to him. And in verse three is his ascension. Verse one, incarnation. Verse two, resurrection. Verse three, in his ascension. In the age of, in the book of Revelation, we want to be one with him, with the ascended Christ. Amen. He's in his outstretching scepter. That means he's ruling, he's reigning. Amen. He's the king of kings. And in verse four is the conclusion of these four. Grace and virtue, strength and wisdom, all my need by thee you supply. Amen. Thank you. All what I need, you're supplying. What I pray, Lord, is keep me touching you. Keep me claiming. Keep me ever at thy side. Amen. Wonderful hymn. Amen. Keep me touching. Keep me climbing. Keep me ever at thy side. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay, Etienne, can we sing it again?
Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Keep me touching. Keep me claiming. Keep me at thy side. Amen. 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 Protect your soul, Lord. Cleanse us. Put with your spirit. Amen. Amen. I can be in faith. I take thee. Amen. Thy reach is full and free. Amen. All I am, I open to thee. Amen. Oh, thou God, give us to me. Amen. 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 Catching thee, new life is glowing Amen. by thy spirit's burning flame, Amen. cleansing, purging, spirit filling. Amen. Glory to the holy name. Amen. 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 Touching now. Thine outstretched scepter, O mighty King of Kings, of thy fullness now receiving, high I mount on eagle's wings. Amen. 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 Even tonight, Lord, we 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 open, we fully open to you. Amen. you that you do not just speak to us. You Amen. give us, you give us your very self. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All right. Yeah. Adian, tell us what are we gonna cover tonight? Um, so we'll read the whole of Genesis chapter 41. Okay, uh, welcome back, everybody. We didn't get through all of our reading, but I think we did get some background to what we're going to share tonight. And I think this chapter as a whole is very good to, even after we've shared some of the points, maybe uh, you could even uh, read over this chapter again. Because what this chapter shows us is Christ in the reigning aspect of Joseph. So Joseph... We have seen God is showing us through these men, right? Especially through the lives of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God is showing us our experience of life. He's showing us the normal experience of a Christian's life as we, as we go through our Christian life, as we are um, chosen by God, called by God, living to live in faith with the Lord, uh, learning to trust God, learning to enjoy all his riches, and even. Um, being uh, eventually transformed and then not only are we transformed but we want to reach maturity and that we see in Jacob's life but what we don't see with these three Abraham Isaac and Jacob is we don't see the reigning aspect which we see in Joseph's life so we can say actually there's these three men plus Joseph which shows us the reigning aspect of our experience of life so in Joseph we see what does the reigning of life look like? And so now Joseph has been through quite a lot. He's, um, he's had these dreams which governed his whole living. His brothers, they, they sold him. They uh, gave him up. And, but Joseph, he, he had a vision. And so that's why in... Um, Last week, we really saw this contrast between 
firstly, um, uh, Joseph's brothers selling him, and then uh, Joseph living as a as a as a as a um, uh, what is it a a, a, a bundle of, of wheat, right? He was uh, full of life. He saw these sheaves. That's the word I was looking for. He saw these sheaves of life. This is how God sees his people. But because Joseph had this vision before him that he was a sheaf of life, he simply couldn't live the way that, that those around him lived. Even, even his brother Judah, he didn't realize that he was a star, that he was a sheaf of life, and he could just live the way he lived in chapter 38. But in chapter 39, Joseph, even though Potiphar's wife kept nagging him and kept pursuing him to lie with her, he had the reigning life. He had this, 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 this vision of who he was, that he was a sheaf of life and a star. So he simply couldn't go along just being in the things that, that his brothers and that those around him were in. And so now, after that, Joseph got thrown into prison. <laughs> now you would feel, Lord, you've shown me this vision that I'm going to be the sheaf of life. I'm going to be a star. And now what, what happens? Now you throw me into prison. But we saw that God was with him. And because God was with him, with God's presence came God's authority. So even in prison, when Joseph was sold as a slave to Potiphar, Potiphar put all his household under Jacob's rule. Everything was under him because he realized God is with this man. Everything his hand touches, God blesses. And the chief jailer, he saw the same thing. This man is thrown into prison, but I can see Jehovah is with him. So all I need to do is I just put everything under his hands and Jehovah just blesses it. And Jehovah did bless it. And so now eventually the cupbearer and the, and the, and the, bread, um, the bread maker, they get thrown into prison. They offend Pharaoh. He throws them into prison and they have their dreams. And Jacob, Joseph is able to interpret their dreams. Not because he is so gifted or because he's such a wonderful person, but because God is with him. He knows the God to whom interpretation belongs. And now it gets thrown into prison and they, and he interprets their dreams for them and their dreams gets fulfilled, right? But his dream, not fulfilled yet, right? It's not that sure how long Joseph was in prison, but I believe he went there. It seems like he was quite young when he was sold into slavery, maybe 17 or something. And eventually, when he was raised up by Pharaoh, he was 30 years of age. Okay, so that's a long time. Okay, so I don't know how long he worked for, for Potiphar before he got thrown into prison, but maybe he was in prison for a good number of years. And so even after this interpretation of the, the cupbearer and the, and the bread maker, he tells, them, he tells the cupbearer, listen, you're going to be restored, but only do this thing for me. Remember me. When you get restored to Pharaoh's side, tell him, listen, I've been thrown in here. It's, 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 it's not righteous. I did nothing wrong. In fact, I was from, you know, I was with my father there in Canaan. I'm a Hebrew. I got sold into slavery by my brothers. Now I'm in prison. And I did nothing wrong. Remember me. But of course, what happens? The Lord, the Lord decides. Joseph needs some time to pre be prepared to reign in life. So then it says here, and at the end of two full years. So 
Joseph interprets others' dreams, their dreams get fulfilled within three days, another two years. Now Pharaoh has this dream. No one is able to interpret it. The cupbearer remembers Joseph. And what happens? Pharaoh calls Joseph and they bring him. Okay, he brings him from the dungeon. Okay, verse 14. So this really, this dungeon was really death. Okay, it's the Lord. The Lord wasn't thrown into, into a dungeon, but he was willing to suffer death. He was willing to give up his life. He was willing to lay down his life. So the Lord, he was one who was willingly, in a sense, he walked into death. He was willing to put himself in death. But in John, I don't have the reference now, but the Lord says, I am the resurrection and the life, right? This is, I believe it's in, uh, maybe it's in John 11 or 12, that Lazarus, uh, dies right and then um, his his sisters are, are there and they come to the Lord and then the Lord tells them listen I am the resurrection I am resurrection I'm resurrection itself so do you think that death could hold the Lord I want to read you a verse in Acts 2 it's 2 verse 24 okay It says, whom God has raised up, having loosed the pangs of death, since it was not possible for him to be held by it. Okay. Death was trying with all its might. Here is the son of God. We have him. Okay. We have, we have the son of God. We have to keep him here. Death was doing its utmost to hold on to this Christ. But what does it say? Since it was not possible for him to be held by it i appreciate this word resurrection because resurrection it you you can't be resurrected if you don't die right there's no resurrection apart from death you, you're not resurrected if you're alive so the lord had to enter into death but because he himself was resurrection Death could not hold him. And he, on the third day, he walked out of death. Death could not hold the Lord. In the same way, okay, so Joseph, he gets called by, Pharaoh calls him, and they bring him out of the dungeon, out of death. So this is the first um, significance of reigning and life that we see. There'll be seven, okay? I'll mention seven. The first one is resurrection. The second one we see uh, from verse 40 to 44, we'll actually see three points in this little section. But the first one is he's enthroned with authority. Okay, so Pharaoh says to him, you shall be over my household and according to your word, all my people shall be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. So Joseph, he gets enthroned with authority. The same with the Lord Jesus. In Matthew 28, 19, he says after his resurrection, all authority has been given to me. All authority. I think he says on the earth, uh, what does he say? And Jesus came and spoke to him saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. 
okay? So the Lord also, after he resurrected, he got all the authority. And I appreciated a verse in Acts 2, verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you have crucified. So Peter is telling the, the, the Jews, listen, you have crucified this man called Jesus Christ. But you know what? After he got resurrected, God has made him both Lord and Christ. You think that you have crucified this man, that his life is over. But you know what he has received in his resurrection? When he passed through death in his reigning aspect, he has been made Lord. He has been made Lord. And according to Matthew, in heaven and on earth, all authority has been given to the Lord. Again, we see, we see the same thing with Joseph. Pharaoh says, listen, in all of Pharaoh, in all of Egypt, only I will be above you. Only, only, only in the throne will I be greater than you. Only in the throne. Okay. Now, the third thing we see in Joseph is that he received glory. Okay. Now, how do we see that? Well, especially in verse 42, Pharaoh clothes him with garments of fine linen. I'm just going to um, use that little phrase for this aspect of, of Joseph receiving glory. So the Lord Jesus in Hebrews, let me just read, read that verse in Hebrews 2 verse 9. says, but we see Jesus, who was made a little inferior to the angels because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor. Now with Joseph, he, he this, this, this being clothed with fine linen is related to his glory because actually earlier we see that when his brothers, when they saw him coming to, um, they saw him coming to, uh, right, his father sent them, sent him to his brothers to go see how it is with them. When they saw him coming, they said, listen, he has that little dreamer. Let's put him to death and we'll see what becomes of his dreams. But anyway, when they got all of him, they stripped him of this, of this coat that, that his father had made for him. So they stripped him of that coat. And now we see that, that Pharaoh, when, he, when Joseph is placed in this position of reigning, he gets this clothing. And so there we see really that there is this aspect of glory. And even not only there, but even with, with this chariot. And he made him ride in the chariot in the second command. And they cried out before him, bow the knee. And he set him over all the land of Egypt. So, so all of Egypt could see that this man has, has, has received this glory. Okay. The third aspect is that he has been given gifts. Okay, and we'll spend the most of our time with this section. This is also very, very much related to us. Okay, so Joseph, what did he receive? He received, Pharaoh took off his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a golden chain around his neck. Okay, so now when the Lord Jesus when he resurrected, after he resurrected and he ascended, not many of us know this, but the father also gave him gifts. Okay, so this is in Acts 2, verse 33. Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God, right, that's Christ's ascension, 
and having received the promise of the Holy Spirit from the Father. Okay, so now here we see. What has the Lord received? He has received the promise of the Holy Spirit from the Father. He has poured out that which you have both seen and hear. Oh, this is so wonderful, brothers and sisters. That the Joseph, he received this signet ring. So what the, the Egyptians used to use it for is they used it to, to, um, to put their seal upon something. It's like me receiving something or, or I have something that I really want to make sure that, that everybody would know it's mine. So I get it. Maybe I get a nice, I don't know. I have a, quite a nice Bible. It's a, it's a leather bind one. Okay. I want people to know it's mine. Okay. So when I got it, I put my name on it. So I made sure if this thing gets lost, and there's my telephone number also you can you can get a hold of me and give it back to me now in the same way in ephesians 1 verse 13 let me read that verse to you what has god done with us in whom you also having heard the word of the truth the gospel of your salvation in him also believing you were sealed with the holy spirit of the promise so the lord has received this gift this seal this this ring typified by this ring he has received this gift which is the holy spirit and now whenever someone gets saved what the lord does is he puts his seal on that person he puts the holy spirit as a living seal on that person maybe you feel Maybe my Bible feels, I don't like Audrey, and he's making too many notes, he's scratching on me, and I, I'd like to be with someone who just, I don't know, cares for me in a better way. So maybe my Bible doesn't like me, and if he could, he could leave. In the same way, maybe we feel, well, I, I got saved, but I don't think I like this, 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 this thing of God owning me. I, I'd like to leave. And maybe you even... You even write on yourself, I no longer believe in God or I don't like God or something. But you know what? That's just on your flesh, okay? That's very, that's very uh, uh, superficial. It's not very deep, okay? But the Lord, he has put his seal upon you. Brothers and sisters, every believer who has believed into the Lord Jesus and has been saved, they have this seal upon them of the Holy Spirit, and they belong to God. Even if you could go to hell, your, that seal would still be on you. And maybe we do go to some places. Maybe we, we go to a casino or something, and we want to try some things there. And then because we have the seal upon us, we just feel, I can't be here too long. I belong to, I belong to someone. I've been sealed. There's a seal upon my being. And, and of course, there are people who, 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 who would deny this. But you know what? God has sealed us. He's put a living seal upon us that we now belong to him. And no matter where we go and no matter what we do, we are now the Lord's. So the Lord received this gift and then he gave it to us. He has poured this gift out upon his body. He's poured this gift out upon every one of his believers. Okay, and the second thing that Joseph received was this garment. 
uh, garments of fine linen. In Luke 15, the prodigal son, when he returns to the father, he also receives a seal, right? He receives a ring on his hand and he receives a garment. He doesn't receive the golden chain because that is related to something further in our, in our, in our, um, in our growth in life. We'll get to that. But he receives, a, he receives a garment. And in the same way, when we believe into the Lord Jesus, not only do we receive the seal upon us, but we become the righteousness of God in Christ. It is in this one that we are now made righteous. Christ is the unique righteousness in the universe. There is no righteousness in this universe apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. So the only righteousness that man can have before God, the only way for us to be right and right in right standing with God is for us to receive Christ as our garment, as our righteousness. And so when we return to our Father, He puts the, 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 the seal on us and He clothes us with Christ as our righteousness. This righteous garment with which we are clothed was first given to Christ. Now, this seems a bit strange because if Christ is the unique righteousness in the universe, why would the Father have to give Him this righteousness? Well, this righteousness, this is related to the Trinity, okay, which is related to God's economy. If Christ were just righteous, and it would not have been given to him by the Father through his death and resurrection, then that righteousness would not be so legal, right? It wouldn't be so much so easy for the Lord to give that to us. But because the Lord died according to the righteous requirements of the law. And he met all of God's righteousness in a legal way. He is legally given this righteousness by the Father. Because he has met every single one of God's righteous requirements. There was nothing in the Lord that did not match God's righteousness. So he was... He was in the position to be receiving this righteousness. And because he has gone through this, now he has received this and can now give this gift to us as our righteousness. But there is a further righteousness that we as believers want. And that is seen in, in Psalm 45, verse, I think it's verse, Psalm 45, verse 13 and 14. So in this, in this, in, in these verses, we see this queen who has two garments. And these two garments point to our receiving Christ as our righteousness in a subject, in an objective way, and in a subjective way. The first garment is our receiving of Christ as our object of righteousness, to be our righteousness before the Father that meets all of God's righteous requirements. The second garment is our subjective experience of the Lord's salvation that now begins to live, not only clothe us without, but even lives out through us. Now, as the Lord begins to live out through us, that is our second garment. That garment is also a gift that is given to us. God has given us this gift. He's given us the second garment. But we need to be those who are faithful to live out this Christ whom we have received. 
We need to be willing to express the, this Christ as our righteousness. And so often what happens to us, we go through many things, right? We, we're in many different situations. We enjoy the Lord in the morning. We enjoy him in his word. Then we go to a store and we, we kind of leave the throne. We leave God behind and we just express ourselves, right? We just live according to our natural life. So we need to be those who learn to, 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 to remain in the Lord. Like Paul in Philippians chapter 3, he says that he wants to be found in Christ. Not having my own righteousness, which is out of the law. Not something that is now worked out of something within me. But the righteousness which is out of God and based on faith. So now I'm receiving Christ as my righteousness. Through faith, I'm joined to this one. Like this hymn that we sang. I by faith am touching. The Lord is He's, he wants to reach us and he wants us to touch him so that we can live him out as our second garment. So in Luke 15, we have our first garment, Christ as our objective justification by faith, our first garment of righteousness. And then in Revelation 19, the bride has made herself ready. And I think even it, it uses that word and her... Um, uh, Oh, let me just get that verse. And it has been given to her that she should be clothed in fine linen. Okay, here we see the clothing. Bright and clean. For the fine linen is the righteousnesses of the saints. So that refers to our living out of this wonderful Christ as our gift. So we have received these two wonderful gifts. And then, okay, that's actually, we've received the ring, right? And we've received the garment, which is both objective and subjective. And then the third one is related to this, this, this chain, this golden chain that, uh, that was around his neck. And our neck, we don't want to be those who are stiff-necked people, right? In Exodus, God called his people a stiff-necked people, and he wanted to wipe them out, okay? But we want to be those who have a neck that is, that is submissive to our husband, to, who, is, who is willing to be touched in our will, who has a will that is willing to obey the Holy Spirit and willing to follow the Lord. Oh, brothers and sisters, such a neck is beautiful, right? When it has this garment, this golden chain around it, this, this, this beauty, it is really something precious, even to the Lord. Such a will that is willing to submit, to lay down our own will, to take the will of the Father. Such a will is really something precious, but a will that is so strong in itself, so, so unwilling to submit and obey and follow the Holy Spirit. Oh, such a, such a neck. I don't know if such, such a neck will receive a golden chain. Okay, but, but praise the Lord. Saints, as we, as we just behold the Lord, we just behold this wonderful one, and we will just be willing to let go of all that we have, right? May the Lord also touch our will, that we would have such a will as Joseph, such a will as the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus, he was the one with the most submissive will, right? He only did what he saw the Father doing. He was willing to obey the Father. Even in Philippians 2, it says that he was willing to suffer. He was, 
He was obedient even to the point of death and that the death of the cross. So he was willing to be obedient to the point that it cost him everything. And not just any death, but the death of the cross. Amen. As we're touching this one, this outstretched scepter, he will make us the same as those who, 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 who are willing to also follow the Lord and be obedient and willing to lay down our stiff neckness. Okay, so now the fifth one is that Pharaoh called his name Zaphenath Pania. Okay, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. But the footnote in the recovery version, it, it has a little footnote there. Meaning savior of the world, sustainer of life, and revealer of secrets. So the Lord Jesus is the same, right? He, 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 in especially in Matthew chapter 13, he unveils to us the mysteries of the kingdom. So the Lord is really the one that he's the, the revealer of secrets is opening up to us God's economy, God's eternal purpose for man. So the Lord comes to open up to us God's word, God's intention. And, and now, because uh, Joseph, he revealed these secrets, then Pharaoh appointed him as the one to, 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 to save the world. And because he saved the world, he sustained them with life. The Lord Jesus also, he has come to save us. That's God's intention for us, right? He wants to, he doesn't want us to, to perish, but he came that we would be saved. He came to seek out the lost to save us. And not only does he want to save us, but he also wants to give us his life that we would, that we would be sustained by his life. It's quite something that, okay, maybe let me get to that point. Uh, maybe I'll mention it now, just in case I run out of time. Pharaoh had these two dreams, right? He saw the, the, the cows and he saw the grains, the, the, these ears of grains. Now, these two refer to uh, the animal life. Man wasn't really given animals to eat, right? In the Garden of Eden, God said, you can eat of every tree, every herb. This is supposed to be food to you. So that is the generating life. The plant life is the generating life. But after the fall of man, man had to sacrifice animals, right? And then after the flood, God told Noah that they could now begin to eat eat the meat and so this the, the, these cows that pharaoh saw was really pointing to christ coming as the lamb who takes away the son of the world so he's our redeemer he's our savior but not only that the lord also says in john 12 24 that he is the grain of wheat that falls into the ground and dies and if he dies he bears much fruit so now not only in his death is he redeeming us but he's also releasing his life so he's also the giver of life, the sustainer of life. He's the, he's the savior as our lamb, and he's the giver of life, that we would have this, this grain of wheat that would, that would regenerate us in our spirit, giving us the life of God. Okay, and then the sixth aspect that we see in, 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 in Joseph reign is him taking this wife, Asana, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On. Okay, so this wife, she was given to him. She was a, uh, a heathen. She was, a, um, she was not a chosen one. And actually, there are three women 
in the book of Genesis that, that typifies the church, what the church is to Christ. The first one is Eve. Eve was, was taken from the rib, right? She was the rib of Adam. And Adam was her element. So Christ, as his side was open, God took his element and he built Eve. He built the church. And then that church, which is out of Christ, was given back to Christ as his wife, as Eve was given to Adam, which was bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. The church matches Christ in his life and in his nature. The second one is Rebecca that was, that was chosen to, to be Isaac's wife. And Rebecca, she was of the same tribe. So she was also called and chosen to be of the same kind as Isaac was. Abraham would not allow Isaac to marry a wife from the, from the tribes around. They had to go back to his family. She had to be of the same family. Okay, And now this one, this Asenath, she was a heathen. And so the Lord Jesus, when he came, he was rejected by the Israelites. His own people rejected him. And so eventually he came to the Gentiles and he married the Gentiles. So this is pointing to Christ coming to marry us as the Gentiles. Okay, so, so here we see this is the sixth aspect of Joseph in his reigning. Okay, and then the last one is he was the one who supplied people with food. Okay, and so in, in verse 56, I'll just read these two verses. And when the famine was over all the face of the earth, Joseph opened all the storehouses of grain, sold grain to the Egyptians. And the famine be, became severe in the land of Egypt. And all the earth came to Joseph. All the earth, eventually all the earth was sustained by him, right? He was the supplying... He was the supply of food to the people to buy grain because the famine was severe in all the earth. And I was just considering the Lord. When he came, he told his disciples, do not work for the food that perishes, but work for the food that, 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 that leads unto eternal life. And then he told them, listen, your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, but they died. You need to eat the real food. That the, the food that will really supply you. And even the woman at the well in, in John chapter 4, you can drink of this well, but you will thirst again. You can drink many drinks. You can try and supply your thirst with so many things. You'll, you can have five different husbands. And the one you're with now is not even your husband because you're looking, you're so thirsty. But you know what? The water that I will give you will be coming here. A fountain of life spring up into eternal life. The Lord doesn't want to just give us this, these things that just keeps us so thirsty and so hungry. He wants to be the one that opens the storehouse where we can enjoy all the riches of this one. So in his reign, Christ also wants to give this life to us, supply us with all these unsearchable riches of Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay. Brother John, you can continue for us, brother. Wow, praise the Lord. Amen. That's wonderful. What a privilege that we can see the significance, the intrinsic significance in chapter 41. 
which revealed to us the seven types of Christ in his reigning. Um, for the time's sake, I just repeat this statement quickly. What Adrian has shown us, the seven types of Christ in his ascension through the story of Joseph. Number one is he resurrected from the dead. That is from the prison of dead. In his reigning, he reigned over dead. Dead cannot hold him, but dead is under his ruling. Number two, in the reigning of Christ, show us how Joseph was enthroned with authority as ruler. All the, all the rulers are under Christ ruling. In his ascension, in his reigning, his rule over the whole world. Just like Joseph ruling the whole Egypt. And number three, Christ in his ascension, he received his glory. What do you mean the glory here? It is in verse 42. In verse 42, that um, clothed him in garment of fine linen. That glory is referring to the fine linen that Christ in his ascension with humanity. His divinity is expressed through humanity. That is the fine linen. Uh, when Joseph was young, his father gave him a colored garment. But now, after pastoral all this uh, procedure, death and resurrection in his ascension, the father clothed him with fine linen. That is, he has the humanity, the glorified humanity of Jesus. That is in his reigning. And number four, he received the gift from the father. Okay. It seems it was given by Pharaoh, but that's a picture that how the Lord Jesus received the gift from the father. The gifts composed of three mothers revealed in 42, verse 42. Number one is the signet, signet ring, that means the ring. And number two is the garment. And number three is the gold chain. These are the three gifts, three gifts he received in his ascension. And this three is the beauty of his reigning. When Christ was reigning, he was gifted by the Father. The signet, which is the ring, is typified the spirit. And then the garment, that is the living out of our righteousness, and also the living out of Christ. When we save, we not only receive the spirit, the eternal spirit, we also receive that Christ is our objective garment and subjective garment, the two garments in Psalm 45. One is the righteousness that we can live before the Father, 
Another one is subjective righteousness that we live out Christ. And number three, the gift of the gold chain. The chain is the beauty of submission. Uh, when Adrian described in Philippians chapter two, it shows us Christ has this kind of beauty. He even submit unto the dead. Uh, the seven steps of Christ's submission, even unto death, that is the beauty. You know, praise the Lord. And these are all in his reigning. It's been typified by Joseph. You know, I saw, one day I saw someone, uh, a lady with a chain on her neck, but she is fighting with her husband. I think she should remove that chain. The chain means I'm bearing the beauty of submission. And Christ in his ascension, he received the gift from the father, the gift of signet, signet ring, the gift of garment and the gift of golden chain. And number five, the fifth type of Christ in his reigning that he become the savior, the life sustainer, and the revealer. Praise the Lord. We're on earth, you can see the picture of Christ in his ascension and his reigning. Uh, that one is uh, the name given by Pharaoh. What verse is that now? And that is... Uh, 45, verse 45, Pharaoh called Joseph Safina Pina. Okay. Safina Pina. That long name we even find difficult to pronounce. That means the savior, the life sustainer, and the revealer. Today, Christ in his ascension, in his reigning, he is the savior of the whole world. Okay. He saved us. Number two, he also supplies us with life. So that is the sustainer, feed us life. And number three, the revealer. He reveals God to us. This is how Christ in his reigning, he is doing these three things. He saved the sinner. He revealed, he saved the sinner. He fed the saints, and he revealed God's economy, God's heart to us. Did you see how Joseph revealed God's economy? Did you see that he explained the cow and the grain? This is Christ as the redemption and also as the spirit to us. Praise the Lord. Amen. Adrian already explained that. Did you see how he revealed this to us? First the cow, then the grain. That means God care for us. Uh, as cow, as the animal life, we need redemption. And as grain, we need life supply, organic salvation. But why, when we come to the table meeting, we break the bread first, then we eat and drink the cup? Why it reverse? 
from chapter 41 of Exodus. Remember, the Lord's table is the Lord's table. <laughs> that is for the Lord. In God's eyes, he cares for his economy. He cares for his heart, dispensing. So we remember him. That is not our table. That is his table. That's not our feast. That is his feast. That's not to satisfy us, but that meeting is to satisfy him. So we break the bread first. While we enjoy his economy, we also remember we are sinners. That's why we take the bread first, and then we drink the cup. Amen. But in 41, is we all are sinners. God care for us. So the judicial redemption provide first, then the organic salvation come after. Well, that is quite clear. That is number five and number six. Praise the Lord. He took Asina, the wife of Joseph, that typified Christ in the church. Is Joseph typified Christ and Asina typified the church? Adrian mentioned this is the wife that is taken by Joseph in the time that he has been forsaken by his brother. Just like the Lord Jesus, when he was forsaken by his own people, he went to the Gentile and we are the Asenath. Okay. The Lord take the Gentile to be his bride, to be his wife. Amen. That is in his reigning. Okay. Joseph was reigning and he took Asina, that's a type that Christ gained the church from the Gentiles after he had been forsaken by his brother, Judaism, the Jewish. And the last one is Christ in his reigning, typified by Joseph, that he's supplying the people with food. Wonderful. Today, we still receive him as our food supply. In his reigning, he's not just controlling us. He never controls us, but he keeps feeding us. He's ruling the whole environment in order to feed us. Amen. This is in his reigning. He not only governs, sovereign the whole environment, but his main object is to feed us. These are the seven types of Christ in his reigning. Now, we got a few minutes left. I want to share about from chapter 41. We also want to see not just the type, but we want to see the secret for us to experience Christ, to experience Christ reigning with Christ. The seven secret, seven secrets for us to experience reigning with Christ. There are five secrets. The first secret is we need to know all the further suffering is to make us mature. I repeat, the secret for us to experience Christ reigning. Number one is we need to know our furtherance of the suffering 
is for our maturity. I show you a verse here. <clears throat> Chapter 41, verse 1. At the end of two full years, Pharaoh had a dream, and there he was standing by the river. Why that long? After the baker and the cup holder has been released, Pharaoh did not get the dream right away. Okay. Look at chapter 20, uh, 40, verse 23. Yet the chief of the cup bearer did not remember Joseph, but he forgot him. <laughs> this cup bearer, after got out from the prison, just said, hallelujah, I'm out. Forget about Joseph. <laughs> he just forgot two years. And chapter 41, verse 1. At the end of the two full years, that means Joseph sitting there at the prison said, Hi, Cabrera, don't you remember my calling card, my name card? Why don't you save me? The Lord said, no, no, you stay for another year because you are not yet mature. You are still 28 years. You need further for your maturity. In the Old Testament, 30 years is the age for the priest to serve. You know, what, what is the sign of immaturity? That is, you know, I've mentioned that verse. It's clicked to my mind here. Chapter 40, verse 15, 1, 5. You know, what did he say? And he said, hi, Cupbearer, let me tell you. I was actually kidnapped. Underline that word, kidnapped. I was actually kidnapped out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also I have not done anything that I should be put into the dungeon. I did not do anything wrong, but I just been put into the prison. You know, that kind of complaining is a sign of immaturity. Until chapter 45, verse eight, then at that time he knows he is mature now. Okay? Chapter 45, verse 8, what did he say? He said, so now it was not you, my brother, who sent me here, but God. Amen. Did you see? This is a person who mature. A person that is not mature, just complaining. Oh, it's unfair. Why me? I didn't do anything wrong. That's why the law said, huh? Your brother put you here. You've been kidnapped. It's me. Okay, give you two more years. Stay in the prison. Makes more mature. Okay. Come better, forget about Joseph. Let him more mature. He's still 28 years. He needs more maturity. So we need to know all the suffering is preparing for maturity. Don't complain. Joseph sitting there, oh, what happened to this cup bearer? They forget me. The Lord said, Well, not yet, not yet. Take some more time. Okay. So, the first secret is to know our further suffering is for maturity. Second secret is we need to speak the word in faith. 
that kind of speaking is when he spoke to the cup bearer and the baker. He just speak. Saints, for us to experience reigning in life is to speak in faith. He cannot tell this cup bearer, say, hey, 20 years ago, I also had a dream. Okay? Like you also got a dream. Okay? But my dream never fulfilled. I don't know. Should I talk to you or not? If I talk to you, it's not tropical. No. Learn, saints, we have to learn to speak in faith. Andrew Murray, he said, when we speak for the Lord, it must something. Sometimes we should speak beyond our experiences. Jacob, your dream is not yet fulfilled. You must start, you must continue to interpret the dream. What that means interpret is to prophesy, to speak the word of God. You know, this is to interpret the dream. Saints, today, don't look at your own self. You know, I'm a weaker, I'm failure. Must I speak for the Lord? No, you just speak. Okay, that's number two. We should speak in faith. When we speak in faith, we release people from the dungeon. Don't you know how many times when you speak, even you yourself do not have experience, but because you speak the truth, you interpret the dream. People, God released from the dungeon. If you keep silence, people suffer. They are waiting for you to speak. Number three, for us to reign in life is to speak, speak in boldness. That speaking for the Lord, no, He will lead us to speak to Pharaoh. That means that speaking will release us from our, the dungeon of ourselves. Saints, the more you speak, the more we will free from ourselves. No, if many times we're sitting in the dungeon of ourselves, we were bound, confined by myself. You just consider about yourself. But the more we interpret, the more we speak, the Lord brings us out of ourselves. We not only speak objectively, we also speak subjectively. The more we speak, the more we be free from ourselves. I know many of us like me, we just say, I want to be in the meeting. Don't let me talk anything. And that is all. When I was young, I always feel, I just come to the meeting. I love the Lord. I can pray. I read the Bible. Oh, I'm not the right person to speak. Saints, praise the Lord. Today, we are talkative. We like to interpret the dream. Amen. The more we speak, the more we've been free from dungeon. Try it. We've been bound by many troubles, by ourselves, by our problem. The more you speak, the more you get released. Amen. Number four, the fourth type, the fourth experience, the fourth secret for us to reign with Christ is to speak. All our speaking is to refresh us. That the more we get refreshed, 
the more we're able to feed others. Just like Joseph, he able, his speaking make him to become the life sustainer. Since we are not just gossiping here, but we speak because we receive the fresh supply from the Lord. And that fresh supply, we are able to feed others. We must know today in this age, it is in the time of famine. People are hungry. You not only receive the light, you not only receive the revelation, but we want to be those who interpret, who open the storehouse of Joseph. Amen. On one hand, we receive a fresh supply. On the other hand, we minister food to others. This is the secret for us to reign in life. If Pharaoh asked Joseph about his dream, and Pharaoh said, yeah, I also got dream. And even uh, I interpret these two prisoners, but I'm still not sure. I tell you, Pharaoh gonna say, well, you go back to, to your dungeon. But Pharaoh listened to Joseph. And because of that speaking, Joseph being released from the dungeon. Saints, don't you know, many times, because of our speaking, we not only cause people release, we ourselves got released. Because of that speaking, we not only be released, but we got refreshed. Amen. Okay. That refresh caused us to become a food that we're able to minister to others. The more you speak, the more you feed others. Well, um, you know, many times speaking causes us problem. The more you speak, the more you fall into problem. Just like Joseph, he keeps speaking. He, he said, I got the dream and they speak, 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 put him into the prison. Speak, put him into the dungeon. But he's still speaking, speaking, speaking. Then speaking, bring him out of the dungeon. Okay. And then he keeps speaking, speaking, speaking. Then all these dreams become fulfilled. Did you see these three steps? Speak, bring us into problems. Don't stop there. Continue to speak. Your speaking bring you out of the dungeon. Continue to speak. Then your dream will be fulfilled. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, in 1980s, at the end of 70s, someone read the books to against us, talking about we are talking heresy here in the Lord's recovery. And then they, they continue to write something negative against us. Because why you people keep talking, especially witnessing, why you keep talk, 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 and talking about heresy. For them is heresy, but for us is wonderful food. You know? And then we ask them to stop. Don't issue that book. That book is destroying the believers. 
they don't want to stop. At the end, we have to make a court case to that public publisher, stop that book. And then that publisher said, no, we're not gonna stop even you have a court case. So they continue to spread this book of poison to many believers. At the end, we have to go to a court case and ask the government to stop that publisher. And then they would like to face us faced with the court case. You know what? They hire a lawyer with attorneys to get charge against us. And then, of course, if you want to charge against witness, you have to read all these books, what he's talking. So they went to Living Stream Ministry and buy the whole set of books and to read what this Mr. Lee talking about. So that attorney just keep reading our books. I think he's more diligent than all of us because you have to read all the books. And he said, wow, this is not easy, man. This Chinese man keep talking while I'm reading his book and he's still speaking. <laughs> when can I catch up? He released three messages a week. And this, this lawyer is, well, Livingston, they got a lot of books. I have to finish it. And at the same time, at the same time, I must catch him speaking. Saints, I tell you, the more that lawyers study our book, the more he say, he speak to the publisher, no way, we're not gonna win this case. All the truth is so high, just like, just like this um, master, doctorate degree student talking to a primary student. If they cannot compare, okay? this Chinaman keep talking and it's a lot and he cannot stop talking. Saints, speaking, okay? bring us into trouble, Speaking, bring us out of the dungeon. Amen. At the end, speaking will fulfill our dream. Let's keep talking. Amen. Saints, don't belittle yourself. This is how we, the secret of reigning with Christ. The last one. We are living, we should live a life of dreaming. Saints, let's dream. Okay. All the dream need interpretation. What do you mean dream? Dream is to see the vision. Okay. Don't make any dream, okay. uh, but we want to dream God's economy. Do you have the dream? The dream, that means you have the vision. Uh, we have the vision. Amen. Joseph, his dream is not that uh, one day I'm going to sit in the chariot. Okay. Rolls Royce, you know, or one day. You know. No, his dream is all about God's people. The sheep, the stars, the stock, all the life. Everything is dream about God's people. Since we have to dream God's economy, the body of Christ, God's economy. I tell you, many believers today, they can tell you, I dream something, the heaven open, and then the, the Lord talked to me this way, that way. Well, the last person that talked to me is talking about the dream that even coffin was open, then someone get up. I said, wow, your dream is quite scary. I want Jacob dream, Bethel. I want Joseph dream, the shift and the stars. 
Amen. Don't invent your own dream. Some people, they say, dream are oh, all kind of scary. After you dream, you're just full of sweating. Ooh. No, that is not from the Lord. We want the dream. What is God's dream? Do you have your own dream or you are dreaming God's dream? After we have dream, then we keep talking. You know, watch many. Watch many. After he saw the vision and he dreamed that one day in China, in China, there must be full of lampstands. And then 20 years later, in China, they got 500 lampstands. Before communists came, it's already 500 lampstands. From one person, keep spreading, spreading. He just said, this is our dream. And brotherly, he also got a dream. The Lord's recovery, the riches of the Lord's recovery, the riches of this ministry must be just like a storehouse of Joseph. Reach out through the whole world. Today, that dream already fulfilled. This ministry has reached six continents. Go forth. Amen. This is our dream. Saints, we must have the dream. Yeah. Then we are sad about what are you dreaming? We still dream, Lord, at least in a short time, you must give us 20 lampstands. Saints, don't dream about you're going to get 20 million. But dream, Lord, I want to have 20 lampstands. Oh, spread out. Amen. We dream. We want to live a life. And our life is for this dreaming. Okay. The Lord put us in different kind of situation. is preparing us for maturity. And in the meantime, even we were in the dungeon, we speak. In the midst of difficulties, restriction, we continue to speak. The more we speak, we release others. The more we speak, we release ourselves. The more we release, the more we supply food to others. Amen. That speaking will fulfill our dream. Amen. This is the meaning of our life. This is the meaning of how we experience the reign with Christ. The first part shows us how Christ is reigning. The second part we see the key for us to reign with Christ. Remember, Christ is not reigning alone. We are reigning together with Christ. We've been sitting with Christ in the heavens. Amen. Wonderful. I'm glad that we can cover this chapter.